0: Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ and friends, whoever you may be, wherever you are listening from, welcome as we come to the fourth chapter in the Old Testament book of Ruth, and we begin to see how this lovely story will come to a conclusion. One quick announcement before we get into the text today. Uh, Tomorrow, Friday, we're not going to be having our normal Ruth study because at five o'clock, I'm going to be giving a Good Friday devotional. Now, though it will stream at 5 o'clock, it will be available anytime after that for watching. But just to let you know, we are going to take a break on Good Friday from our Ruth study um, so that we can focus our eyes on the cross again at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Would you join us then? But until then, pray with me as we open God's Word today. Father, we thank you for this time. We ask your blessing upon this day. Open our eyes to your Word, and would you guide us with the power of your Holy Spirit? Be with my brothers and sisters and friends, whatever they're facing. Give them strength and encouragement for the day. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's look at chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, down to verse 6. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the Redeemer, of whom Boaz had spoken, came by. So Boaz said, Turn aside, friend. Sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down, and he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, Buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me, that I may know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, If you remember, Naomi has given Ruth a rather bold task of approaching Boaz at night, which has the danger of being a scandal. And yet she's doing this to protect the reputations of Boaz and Ruth and also give Ruth the opportunity to make herself known to Boaz that she's ready for marriage. Ruth's actions are tantamount in the ancient Near East to a marriage proposal, which Boaz readily affirms and says, yes, I also want to Marry you. But first, there has to be a legal transaction, a redemption of the land, and perhaps, as first reading, even a redemption of Ruth herself. We're going to begin to see that conclusion to the story today in chapter 4, and then we'll finish it off on Monday. Remember, on Monday, we're taking a break for Good Friday. Now, here's the circumstances Boaz has come to the city gate, the place of transaction, the place of business. During the time of Solomon, which, who was the great-great-grandchild of Boaz and Ruth, actually perpetuated what were called six-chambered gates. Gates with three chambers on each side where soldiers would hide out in when an attacker came through. They could rush them from the side. It was a defensive measure. But it was also a place from which business was conducted. A mayor and a governor, even a king, might sit and greet his people. Though in this case, it was not anything so elaborate as a Solomonic six-chambered gate, it was nonetheless what we would call the town square of Bethlehem. And so in this town square gate, he's waiting for this other Redeemer to come by because he wants to settle the matter about Ruth, this worthy woman whom he wants to marry. Well, along comes the Redeemer. The Bible introduces him not with a name, simply as friend, or really, to be specific, as the Hebrew translates it, or is translated, so-and-so, this nameless kind of person of no importance. Now, names are assigned great value in the Old Testament and the Near Eastern culture, the ancient Near Eastern culture. Abraham was given a great name. The only other person in the Old Testament given a great name was King David himself. One's name signified one's character and status and even uh, the deeds for which they shall be remembered. Boaz shall be remembered for his worthiness, his godliness, his generosity, his kindness towards Naomi and towards Ruth. And yet this so-and-so, he's only looking out for his own interests. He wants the field to perpetuate his own wealth and the inheritance of his children. And when presented with the dilemma of Ruth, he quickly relinquishes it, and he is forgotten in history just simply as so-and-so. What will our names represent should the Lord tarry his coming? Will our names be like Boaz, associated with kindness and grace and generosity? Or will our names be like so-and-so, easily forgotten because no deeds of godliness are worthy of remembrance? Uh, May it be a challenge to us to live our lives in light of eternity. Now back to the story. Boaz calls him over and he says, will you redeem the land? He's also called ten elders, which represent a quorum to decide important matters in Israelite society. But he says, will you buy the land on behalf of Elimelech and perpetuate his line? Now, the redeemer or the first redeemer, the so-and-so, says, yes, I'll redeem it. And on first pass, it seems like we are looking at what is called leveret marriage out of the book of Deuteronomy. The problem is the stipulations in the book of Deuteronomy don't fully translate to this scenario. And if it was Leveret marriage, then he would also be obligated to marry Ruth. And yet he doesn't seem to be aware at this point that Ruth is part of the transaction. Boaz has to to say that Ruth is a part of the transaction, and then he refuses. Well, this shows us, first of all, it's unlikely that if this was Leveret marriage, that he would be unaware of Ruth's attachment to the deal. Because we know that in chapter 1, all of Bethlehem knew Naomi and Ruth had come. Boaz himself said, everyone knows, Ruth, that you are a worthy woman. So her reputation, she's well known. This isn't a huge society. People know each other. Here is, I think, what is going on. And commentators are sharply, and scholars are sharply divided over this. You see, it was the mention of Ruth that caused the first Redeemer to back away. Was it the fact that he had to marry Ruth? Or is it Boaz's declaration of His own intent to marry Ruth that made the Redeemer back away. You see, again, the Hebrew is very ambiguous. It is most likely, and I'm going to argue for, that given the fact that he wasn't aware that Ruth was part of the deal and that he was okay with the land purchase until Boaz stood up and said, but I want to be very clear with you. I fully intend to acquire Ruth for myself as my wife. And this further intends if she should bear children. That would be in the line of Elimelech. And the field that you then redeem would revert back to her line. You wouldn't be able to keep it in perpetuity. So once upon hearing this and realizing that he's not going to keep the field, but only for a season, he says, I will relinquish my rights. You marry Ruth, you take the land. That is, I believe, what we are seeing here. That Boaz has openly declared his intent before all to marry Ruth, which before now has not been known. So this is the first bu- first public declaration of his intent and desire to make Ruth his own. Now, how is this going to plan it out? What is What are these other practices that we see in verse 7 down really to the end of chapter 4? Some Middle Eastern practices that seem very foreign to us. Well, join me on Monday. And let's bring to a conclusion the sweet story of redemption. And let's draw out some of the deeper themes of redemption that really tell us about who our God is and also brings to a sweet conclusion this love story. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day. May you be honored and glorified. And as Boaz redeemed Ruth, uh, you have redeemed us. And even tomorrow as we celebrate Good Friday, we remember that it was on the cross that you redeemed us. May we join together, listen from your word, and grow thereby in greater understanding and worship of your lovely name. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. Have a blessed Thursday. See you tomorrow on Good Friday, five o'clock or after.